Happy Tuesday! My name's Nick. Alas, today I'm flying solo again, as poor Al has failed his constitution saving throws and has been unable to join me in the studio. But fear not, we're staying in Axholm, which is going a little further back in history, so that we can learn a little bit about the Giyomasvarada, the halls of Axholm, and the banshee that lurks these long-forgotten dwarven halls. And so without further ado, let's begin tonight's episode, as I welcome you into the dungeon. <laughs> At the foot of the Sword Mountains, whose peaks scrape the sky and whose very stones, by the weight of ancient tales, lies Axum, marking the threshold between the outside world and the stalwart realm of the dwarves. Approaching Axum is a journey through mountain passes, where the air carries the scent of mountain pine and the distant echoes of clanging hammers at the forges within. Here, hewn into the base of the mountain, about 15 miles south of the quaint town of Fandolin, the Dwarven Fortress stands as a testament to centuries of craftsmanship and indomitable will. Massive stone gates adorned with intricate runes guards its entrance, whilst tunnels within carved into the rock lead to vast chambers where the Dwarves toil, forging weapons and crafting marvels from the earth itself. On a typical ordinary day, the halls of Axum bustle with activity. Dwarves adorned in intricately crafted armor and bearing arms with a weight that mirrors their heritage. They move around with a purpose that resonates throughout the mountain. The air, thick with the scent of industry and the warmth of dwarven kinship, embraces all who call Axum their home, as it carries a scent of molten metal from its forges, mingling with the earthy aroma of the stone itself. In grand halls, the echoes of hammers striking anvils, the rhythmic heartbeat of the fortress, competes with the lively chatter of dwarves. Merchants trade goods, their voices rising above the rhythmic clang of the metalwork, while artisans adorn the walls with tapestries that tell tales of dwarven triumphs and ancestral bonds. The flickering light of torches dances upon stone-carved statues of revered ancestors, the stern gazers watching over the daily life of Axon. The dwarves toil, forging their legacy into the very stone they inhabit, but it was not a fortress just of stone, but the indomitable spirit that binds its people into a legacy that has echoed throughout the very foundations of the mountain itself. The helm of Axon is Thrain Stonebeard, dwarven lord of seasoned wisdom whose eyes bear witness to the countless tales etched in the stony halls of this fortress. His mane of silver hair gently rests upon his broad shoulders, his eyes like two pieces of polished granite, reflecting the wisdom of his many years as his braided beard, adorned with gemstones, reflects the prowess of his lineage. This frames a face weathered by the passage of time and the burdens of leadership. For Thrain was a great leader and had once been a fierce warrior, leading Axon through countless conflicts as his name now resonates with honor amongst the Dwarven clans. As a leader, Thrain was both respected and loved by his subjects. The Dwarves of Axom revered him for his unshakable dedication to their well-being and the honor of their fortress. He blended the wisdom of tradition with a keen sense of adaptation to the challenges of the ever-changing world. A tapestry of strength, resilience, and a deep-seated commitment to the legacy of Axom. He was known to lead with a firm hand, but listened with an open heart, allowing the voices of his council and the dwarven kin to shape the destiny of their fortress. His laughter a hearty rumble 
echoed through the grand halls, a testament to the camaraderie that he shares with his people. But in the throne room where Thrain holds court with his dwarven council, his voice carries the weight of authority, tempered with a genuine concern for his kin. On an ordinary day, one would witness Thrain engage in open discussions with his council, his decisions shaped by keen understanding of dwarven heritage, their views, and their ideas. But one fateful night steeped in mystery, it seemed as if the very stars held their breath in anticipation. It was a night where the sword mountains cast long shadows, and the moon's silvery glow played tricks amongst the crags and valleys. A night where the air crackled with another worldly energy, as a mysterious visitor descended from the mountain pass that led to Axon. The visitor emerged from the night alone, a solitary figure in flowing robes that mirrored the cascading brilliance of the moonlight. The dwarven sentries atop Axon's walls, vigilant even in the cover of night, observed the figure approach with a mix of curiosity and suspicion. For this visitor's aura carried a sense of ancient elegance, yet their presence, amidst the stark stone of the mountain, seemed like a delicate intrusion from another realm. As the figure draws closer to the towering gates of Axon, their footsteps echo in the mountainous silence. The dwarven guards clad in sturdy armor stand watchful, but wary. Who goes there? called one of the gods, his voice carrying the weight of the mountain winds. I am Vildara, an ambassador of the Moon Elves. I come in peace. A voice a melodic whisper that cuts through the stillness. Why have you come to Axon, Elf? inquires the god, his eyes narrowing with suspicion. Vildara stands at the gate, her silvery hair adorned with delicate braids, cascades down her shoulders like strands of moonlit silk. Her eyes, an ethereal shade of blue, gleam with another worldly wisdom that spoke of centuries untold. My journey has taken me through distant lands and treacherous terrain, guided by the whispers of ancient alliances and the need to forge new bonds in the face of the looming darkness. Vildara continues to speak of shared threats and a common destiny, a looming darkness that threatens both elves and dwarves alike. Her words, carefully chosen to appeal to the dwarves' sense of duty, hinted at alliances forging the crucible of peril. I bring knowledge that can strengthen your fortress, magic that can bolster your defences. Vildara explains, her words weaving a tapestry of promises, dancing on the edge of dwarven scepticism. Thrain, Lord of Axon, now appears atop the wall, his eyes piercing down through the night to meet Vildara's gaze, her expression a blend of respect and determination. As the moon elf Vildara stands before the towering gates of Axon, a hushed tension grips the mountain fortress. The night air bears witness to a symphony of distant winds and the subtle murmurings of the sword mountains. The gates massive and adorned with intricate dwarven runes remain tightly sealed, a testament to the fortress's vigilance. The heady scent of mountain pine lingers in the air as the guards atop of Axon's walls exchange wary glances, awaiting an order from their king. A gust of wind carries the crisp chill of the high-altitude night, and the moon casts a silvery glow on the stone-carved facade of the fortress. Open the gate! Bring it to me as our guest! Thrain, wise and weathered by the trials of leadership, welcomes Vildara with a cautious hospitality. And so upon Thrain Stonebeard's command, the gates creak open and massive gears turn as the metallic groans echo through the mountain pass. The dwarven sentries, with their eyes narrowed in suspicion, watch as Vildara enters. The gates then close behind her with a resounding thud, sealing this mountain sanctuary once more. As Vildara walks a stone-paved path into Axon's depths, torchlight flickers amongst the granite walls, casting dancing shadows that seem to whisper ancient tales. For the moon elf's arrival, shrouded in mystery and purpose, marks the beginning of a tale that will unfold within the stone-carved halls of Axon. 
But the dwarves have a vigilance. Can't shake the sense that Vildara's presence will unravel a thread of destiny, weaving a narrative that transcends the borders of their mountainous realm. And so the dwarves ever cautious welcome Vildara, but keep a watchful eye on her every move. The throne room, the heart of dwarven governance within Axome, epitomizes the fortress's grandeur. Massive doors adorned with gilded dwarven motifs lead into an awe-inspiring chamber. The stone-carved throne, positioned upon a raised day, bears gemstones that gleam like distant stars. The torturous flames cast a warming glow upon the stone-carved tapestries that adorn the walls, and they bathe the throne room in a flickering light. Intricate patterns etched into the floor beneath the throne speak of the fortress's storied history. This grand hall, where the Dwarven Council convenes, echoes with the authoritative voices of lords and the measured footsteps of advisors. The atmosphere within the throne room, usually solemn and regal, a reflection of Dwarven tradition and the weighty decisions that shape the fate of Axon, is alive with an electric sense of curiosity and cautious wonder. Council members, clad in ornate armor, that bears the insignia of the noble houses, stand watchful on either side of the throne, their axes at the ready. The flickering flames seem to dance in anticipation as Vildara enters the throne room. Her presence, bathed in the soft glow of light. Thrain, seated upon his throne, observes the moon elf's approach as the echoes of Vildara's footsteps reverberate through the grand hall as she approaches the throne. Stay to your purpose, moon elf! Thrain commands, his voice resonating with the weight of dwarven authority. Vildara approaches Thrain, her eyes pools of silver reflecting ancient wisdom meets his gaze. I bring knowledge and magic that can strengthen your fortress. Together, we can face the shadows that linger beyond the mountains. Thrain listens, his expression a mask of skepticism. Alliances are forged in deeds, not words. What brings you to Axholm truly? Vildara's gaze unyielding yet respectful. A voice a sweet melody which speaks of alliances and shared destinies. The torchlight plays upon the intricate patterns of her moonlit robes as she details the encroaching darkness that threatens both elven and dwarven realms, and which lurks beyond these very mountains. Her words carefully crafted to exploit the dwarves' inherent distrust for outsiders, Vildara insinuates that the elves, with their ancient knowledge, are the key to overcoming this looming peril. Thrain, though wise, feels a seed of doubt planted in his mind. Vildara's enchanting words whispered promises of power and secrets that only the elves can provide. The Moon Elf spins tales of elven magic that can strengthen the fortress, tales that target the Dwarven Lord's innate desire to protect his kin. The silence settles upon the Grand Hall, the weight of unspoken thoughts hanging in the air. Thrain, wise in the ways of diplomacy, carefully considers the Moon Elf's words as the Dwarven Council exchanges wary glances, the fingers twitching at their axes. Finally Thrain speaks, his voice rumbles and echoes through the stone-carved chamber. Your words carry weight, Fildara, but trust is earned, not given freely. Why should we open a horse, you, an outsider? Vildara, undeterred, shares tales of her people's struggles against a common enemy, and speaks of ancient alliances forged in times long past. The discussion unfolds like a delicate dance, each word a step in a negotiation that holds the fate of Axom in its sway. Thrain, though skeptical, senses a glimmer of sincerity in Vildara's eyes. You ask for trust, Moon Elf. Trust is a rare gem, and once broken, it shatters into irreparable fragments. Vildara, her voice a measured melody, responds. I ask not for blind trust, but an opportunity to prove the sincerity of my intentions. Let me stand beside you, and together 
We will face the darkness that lingers at our doorstep. Thrain weighs the moon elf's words. The Grand Hall, a silent witness to the dance of diplomacy, holds its breath. After a prolonged pause, Thrain nods reluctantly. You shall stay, moon elf, but know this. Axon's thrust is a fortress unto itself. Prove your worth, and you will find allies within our stone calfkin. Vildara's eyes reflect gratitude. She inclines her head. I shall honor the trust you've placed in me, Lord Thrain. Together, we shall face the shadows and forge a tale that echoes through the stones of Axon. As the Grand Hall embraces the agreement, and the torchlight flickers in approval, the fate of Axon has become intertwined with the enigmatic Moon Elf who sought alliance within its stone-carved walls. From the onset, Vildara presents herself as a beacon of cooperation and shared destiny. Her words carefully chosen to appeal to the dwarves' sense of duty and the looming threat beyond the mountains resonates with the concerns that have already gripped the Dwarven Council. Each time she meets with Thrain or his council, she speaks of ancient alliances and the need for unity. Her elven charm seems laced with subtle enchantments that sways the hearts of the unsuspecting. And so the dwarves burdened by the weight of their responsibilities as guardians of Axon find solace in Vildara's promises. The Moon Elf's diplomatic finesse and genuine sounding concerns strike a chord within dwarven hearts, clouding their judgment and fostering a sense of unity against the looming threat. Her presence in Thrain's council seems like a glimmer of hope against the encroaching darkness. She continues to speak of elven magic that can bolster Axon's defences and shares tales of distant lands where the shadows have been held at bay. But unbeknownst to them, the Moon Elf harbours a dark agenda, for she sought to exploit the dwarves' inherent distrust of other races. Her silver tongue weaves tales of elven treachery and whispers secrets that have believed could tear Axon apart from within. And so slowly Vildara gains access into the inner workings of Axon, and her true motives begin to manifest. She begins to exploit the dwarves' trust to sow discord within their ranks, planting seeds of suspicion and discontent. Under the guise of sharing elven wisdom, she whispers words that stoke the embers of distrust amongst the council members. Her manipulations target the inherent dwarven pride and loyalty, insinuating that certain decisions made by the council were misguided and could lead to the downfall of Axon. A subtle influence fuels dissenting opinions within the council, and this leads to heated debates and fractured allegiances. The Dwarven Council, once united, now finds itself divided, with each member questioning the loyalty of others. As time goes on, the Dwarves, stalwart by nature, but susceptible to the allure of perceived weaknesses, begin to suspect that Vildara's true agenda is not one of alliance, but one of undermining the very foundations of Axon. The subtle divisions that she has sown fester like a poison, eroding the trust that had once bound the dwarves together. But Thrain Stonebeard, wise beyond measure, has begun to see through the elf's facade. As he senses the rift widening, he knows decisive action is required. And so he summons a council of his most trusted advisors, including his grizzled second in command, Durgan Ironheart, dwarf with a long braided beard that glints with embedded gemstones. Yet despite their efforts to expose Vildara's true intentions, the Moon Elf's cunning manipulation continues to cast a shadow of the Council. Her treachery unfolds like a shadowy dance within the stone-carved halls of Axum. The tipping point, however, came when Vildara's involvement in a series of mysterious incidents became apparent. Dwarven supplies were missing, crucial information found its way into the wrong hands, and whispers of treasonous alliances circulated within the stone-carved corridors. The dwarves once unified against an external threat, now only turn suspicious gazes upon one another. 
Thrain's discerning eyes were now fully seen through Vildara's veil of diplomacy, and his heart burdened with the weight of leadership knows that there is an impending betrayal looming within the fortress. In a fateful council meeting, where tensions ran high and accusations were hurled at each other like axes in a battle of words, Vildara's true nature was laid bare. The evidence of treachery, carefully compiled by Thrain and his loyal advisers, was presented before the Dwarven Council, and thus the Moon Elf's carefully crafted facade crumbles, revealing the malevolence that had lurked behind her silver-eyed gaze. The Dwarves, with their trust shattered, turn the collective gaze upon Thrain. Accusations ring through the Grand Hall, echoing off the stone walls. Thrain's eyes reflect disappointment, but determination, as he declares Vildara's actions in affront to the very heart of Axum. Your words weave a tapestry of deceit, Moon Elf! Thrain rumbles, his voice echoing through the cavernous hall. What is your true purpose in Axum? Vildara, unyielding in her cunning, feigns innocence. Lord Thrain! I seek only the safety of your people. The elves can offer knowledge that will bolster your defenses. But this time Thrain is not so easily swayed. Enough of your lies, elf! We shall not be pawns any further in your game. In that moment, Durgan Einhardt steps forward. Lord Thrain, perhaps imprisonment is the answer. Let the people see her true colors. Thrain nods, and Vildara, realizing her web of deceit was unraveling, protests vehemently. The moon elf, cornered by the weight of her own deceptions, attempts to flee, her elven grace clashing with the desperation of betrayal as she fights fiercely in an attempt to escape the dwarven justice that awaits her. But the dwarves, now resolute in their loyalty to Thrain, seize her slender arms and bind her with enchanted chains that suppress her magical abilities. The moon elf's protests echo through Axom as she is led away, her silver hair now a stark contrast to the cold stone walls that have witnessed her downfall. She was confined in a cell deep within the fortress. As she was overpowered and imprisoned, the fortress quivered with the aftershocks of betrayal. The dwarves now grappled with the words of deception that had festered within their stronghold. The seeds of discord had borne bitter fruit, and Vildara's true legacy, a shadow that clings to Axon's forsaken halls. Yet her imprisonment did not quell the tension within Axon. Whispers of elven treachery linger, and the dwarves, though steadfast, cannot shake the unease that has settled upon their once proud fortress. As a distrust festers amongst the dwarves, Thrain knows a decisive action is required. With the Moon Elf imprisoned, he sends messages to her people, urging them to collect their wayward ambassador. As messages were sent to Vildara's people, urging them to retrieve her, the Moon Elf plots her escape. In the dim confines of her cell, Vildara channels her magic, attempting to unravel the enchanted chains that bind her. The dwarven guards vigilant in their duty, sense a disturbance. As Vildara's magic surges, the fortress quivers, and the very stones seem to groan in protest. With axes drawn, the guards rush to her cell, finding the Moon Elf in the midst of a desperate escape attempt. Her eyes burn with determination, but the dwarves resolute in their duty to protect Axom subdue her with an efficiency born of centuries of discipline. The enchanted chains glowed brighter, suppressing her magic, and she was once again confined to her cell. Yet Vildara's determination burns like a flickering flame in the darkness. The enchanted chains that bind her shimmer with an otherworldly glow. Whilst they suppress her magical ability, her spirit remains unbroken, but she knows that time is slipping away. For days, Vildara observes the dwarven guards who stand vigilant outside her cell, their eyes sharp and watchful. Among them is Grimmer the Stoneforge, a seasoned warrior with a grizzled beard that bears the marks of battles long fought. His eyes, like two shards of unyielding granite, always meet Vildara's gaze, the stoic resolve. As the days turn into agonizing weeks, 
Ildara continues to engage in the silent exchange of glances with Gimnir. In the depths of her silver eyes, there was a silent plea. A desperate attempt to find some common ground amidst the brewing storm of mistrust. Stoneforge, Ildara speaks, a voice carrying the weight of hidden intentions. Surely even in the depths of this fortress, reason can prevail. I am no threat to Axon. I seek only to ensure the safety of your people against the encroaching darkness. Grimnir's gaze remains unwavering. Words of wind, elf. It is actions that forge trust. Bildar, undeterred, continues a verbal dance. I understand your caution, but if my people arrive only to find me held unjustly, the consequences of such a misunderstanding could be dire for all. The dwarven guards exchange wary glances but stand firm. Vildara senses that diplomacy will not loosen her chains, and so she shifts her focus to the magical barrier that holds her in check. In a subtle motion, she extends her slender fingers and traces invisible patterns in the air. The glow of the enchanted chains flickers for a moment, responding to the delicate dance of elven magic. Vildara's eyes gleam with a silver light as she whispers incantations that resonate with the very essence of the Sword Mountains. Grimnir senses the disturbance, and he tightens the grip on his axe. What are you plotting, elf? Vildara meets his gaze, a voice soft, but laced with arcane power. I seek my freedom, dwarf, and if you continue to deny me it, then you will feel my wrath. The fortress trembles as Vildara's magic surges. The enchanted chains strain against the ethereal constraints before snapping her free, a true testament to the Moon Elf's prowess. The dwarven guards caught in the ebb and flow of magical forces hesitate momentarily. Uncertainty etched across their stern faces. In that fleeting moment of hesitation, Vildara seizes her chance. With a burst of elven agility, she lunges towards the cell door. The guards shaken from the stupor react swiftly, but Vildara's movements were like a dance, a weaving of moonlit shadows that delude their grasp. In a daring escape, she kills two guards with grace that belies her delicate appearance. A chaotic chase now ensues through the passages of the fortress, echoing with a clang of armor and desperate cries of dwarven guards as they give chase. Vildara's slender form twists and dances, avoiding dwarven axes that seek to cut her down. She continues to race through the cold stone corridors, a spectral vision of silver and moonlight. Grimnir, undeterred by the chaos, shouts orders to his comrades. Don't let her escape! For the sake of Axum! Cut her down! Vildara, fueled by desperation, presses on. With each step, she leaves behind an ethereal trail of silver light as the elven magic courses through her veins. But the dwarves, relentless in their pursuit, close in on her, determined to quell the chaos that threatens their fortress. As Vildara nears her escape, the fortress Cassilian, the Hekio Masvaradar, Notril Steelbraid, the stalwart guardian of Axon, blocks her path. His axe gleams in the dim light, a reflection of the unwavering resolve that defines the dwarven people. Their eyes lock, and for a moment, time seems to stand still. Vildara, breathless but resolute, whispers a final incantation as a surge of elven magic envelops her, propelling her towards Notril with an ethereal grace. But the dwarven champion, anchored in his duty, swings his axe with an unyielding strength. The blade collides with Vildara's magical shield, sending sparks of arcane energy cascading through the air. The fortress quivers as the clash of forces reverberates throughout the stone walls. But in the end it is the dwarven axe that prevails. Vildara, weakened by the relentless pursuit, crumples to the cold stone floor. The guards catch up, their axes raised in a final stance of triumph, 
encircle the fallen moon elf. A lifeless form lay sprawled on the cold stone floor, a bitter testament to the consequences of betrayal. The dwarves, victorious but somber, breathe a sigh of relief as the threat has been quelled as they swiftly dispose of her vessel. However, as time would soon tell, they had underestimated the wrath of a moon elf scorned. As Vildara's life force departs from the mortal realm, a haunting wail echoes through Axon's halls with a force of dark and twisted power. The air grows cold and shadows deepen as a chilling presence manifests with an eerie elegance. An ethereal figure, an embodiment of woe and torment appears with her visage a haunting blend of beauty and sorrow. Her spectral hair tumbles around her like a grey mist, her eyes once vibrant, now hollow pools of anguish, reflecting the torment that has ensnared her in her undeath. Her spectral hands, adorned with ethereal wisps, trace intricate patterns into the air, as she chants in a language that seems to echo from the very depths of the abyss. The very mountain seems to shudder, as the fallen dwarves, the lifeless bodies, mere vessels for the malevolent energy that now permeates Axon, twitch with an otherworldly animation. The air crackles with an unholy energy as Vildara's incantations reach a crescendo, a symphony of darkness that heralds the rising of ghouls. The ghouls with their vacant eyes filled with an unholy fervor claw their way from the cold stone floor and they begin to slay their former kin. The banshees' ethereal wisps envelop them, binding their spirits to her malevolent will as they too now rise once lifeless bodies animated by the corrupting forces that Vildara has harnessed. Her wail resonating with a chilling potency surveys the risen ghouls with another worldly satisfaction. The malevolence that now plagues Axon's forsaken halls pulses through the ghouls as Vildara's spectral form pulsates with dark energy and she leads the growing undead procession through the halls. More ghouls drawn to her banshee call follow in her wake. Their silent footsteps now echo as a haunting symphony that fills the fortress. And so as the undead horde move through the forsaken fortress, Axholm has become a haunted tomb, a testament to the darkness that can be unleashed when the line between life and death is blurred by the malevolent power of a banshee's curse. The aftermath of Vildara's demise leaves Axholm in a state of disarray, the banshee's spirit and her undead horde hunting them like a haunting fog. And so the dwarves choose a path of the retreat. Thrain has had to make the difficult decision to abandon Axon, a retreat that had never been witnessed in the proud history of the dwarven stronghold. In the dimly lit throne room, Thrain stands before his surviving kin, his eyes reflecting a mix of regret and determination. We leave not in defeat, but to preserve the spirit of Axon. The darkness that lingers is beyond our reckoning. Gather your kin and march for the mountain pass. We shall return when the winds of fate blow in our favor. His voice carrying the weight of both regret and determination. The surviving dwarves armed with axes and shields hurriedly gather their belongings. Family heirlooms, forged weapons, and the echoes of a life that they were leaving behind. The clinking of armor and the muffled sobs of those who dared not to speak out filled the corridors, creating a cacophony of despair. The dwarven exodus from Axholm unfolds with a sense of urgency that permeates the mountainous stronghold. It is a night fraught with tension, where the air crackles with our knees, and shadows seem to writhe in torchlight. The once stoic dwarves, their eyes reflecting the flickering flames, move with a hurried determination that betrays the weight of their imminent peril. 
The scent of burning torches mingles with the earthy aroma of the stone corridors, creating an atmosphere thick with the impending unknown. Dwarven children cling to their parents, their wide eyes mirroring the uncertainty that hangs in the air. The very mountain seems to groan under the weight of a decision that defies the fortress's stalwart history. As the gates of Axon groan open, the night air outside holds a chilling whisper of the unknown. The dwarves' faces are wretched with uncertainty as they cast final glances at the fortress that had been their home for generations. The moon, a cold witness in the night sky, bathes the stone-carved walls in a silvery glow that seems to mock the dwarves' hasty departure. Thrain casts a final glance at the stone gates and makes a silent promise to return. And so in torchlight and amongst the clattering of armour, with each hurried step, the dwarves descend from the mountain pass, the echoes of their boots resonating throughout the silence of the night, creating a symphony of urgency that resonates with tremors of fear. Beyond the mountain pass, the shadows seem to loom with an insidious hunger. The air once filled with the scent of mountain pine now carries a foreboding chill that clings to the dwarves like a shroud. The distant echoes of Vildara's wail, haunting the halls that they leave behind, sends a shiver down the spines of the retreating kin. In the haste to escape, the dwarves stumble over uneven ground, their eyes glancing nervously at the shadows that seem to dance at the edges of their torchlight as panic starts to spread like wildfire amongst their kin. Whispers of the encroaching darkness fuel the flames of fear. The distant howls of wolves adds to the sense of urgency. In the midst of the fleeing dwarven horde, Nothril's allegiance to Axon was unwavering, and as the Kiyomasvarada, he faced a daunting task of sealing the fortress against the encroaching darkness. His callous hands work with practice efficiency, closing the massive stone doors and sealing off access points. The echoes of ghoulish moans reverberate through the empty halls, growing louder as the undead force gathers strength. This dwarven fortress, once echoing with the clatter of axes and the laughter of kin, now bears witness to the haunting absence of life. The fortress gates close with a solemn thud and seem to seal away the dwarven legacy in the heart of the sword mountains. Now alone in the dimly lit fortress, Nothril senses an impending doom. He grips his axe with determination as his senses heighten and he starts to move towards the throne room. Shadows dance along the walls and the air is thickened with the oppressive weight of an unseen menace. His first encounter with ghouls from his dwarven kin is swift and brutal, his axe cleaving through the decaying forms. But the relentless onslaught tests even his seasoned prowess. The Kiyo Masfrada fights with the ferocity of a cornered beast, his every strike aimed at preserving the honor of Axel. As he delves deeper through the corridors, the Banshee's wail becomes more pronounced. Vildara's vengeful spirit seeks to consume everything in its path. The ghoulish forms of his former kin emerge from every shadow, the numbers swelling as Nothril presses forward. Now within the dimly lit throne room, Nothril comes face to face with the Banshee. Her eyes glow with an otherworldly light as the air grows colder in her presence. The Giyomasfrada raises his war axe, its blade reflecting the cold light of the Banshee's ethereal form. His eyes meet Vildara's, and for a moment, time seems to stop. Undeterred by the evil that surrounds him, Nothril whispers a prayer to Modern, seeking his strength and guidance in the face of this impending darkness. And then with a thunderous roar, the Kiyomasvrada charges into the fray. The first swing of his axe cleaves through the rotted flesh of a ghoul, its deftly moan drowned out by the clash of steel. Nothril moves with the dance of defiance, his every strike a testament to the indomitable dwarvish spirit. But the ghouls, driven on by Vildara's malevolent will, close in from all sides. Nothril is surrounded by the undead horde, 
and he fights with the ferocity of a cornered bear. His axe swings in sweeping arcs, each strike trying to preserve what little is left of the honor of Axel. A defiant hymn against the encroaching darkness. Vildara, a spectral vision, circles the battlefield. Her wail intensifies, sending shivers through the very air. Nodril's braided beard now begins to glisten as sweat pours down his face as he parries the ghoul's relentless assault, the air now thick with the stench of death. In a moment of respite, Nodril locks eyes with Vildara as she responds with the chilling laughter that echoes throughout the Grand Hall. <laughs> Your defiance is admirable, dwarf, but in the end... All things crumble before the encroaching shadows. <laughs> the final showdown unfolds in a dance of death, Nottrill's axe cutting through the Banshee's incorporeal form as the two forces are locked in a struggle for control. The Guillaume's every swing was met with an ethereal evasion, and as the Banshee's wail intensifies, the very foundations of Axholm seem to shake. Nottrill continues to fight valiantly, a lone defender against the malevolence that seeks to claim Axel, and as the battle reaches its crescendo, Nodril's strength wanes. The Banshee's ghostly touch chills him to the very bone, sapping him of his vitality. In a desperate maneuver, he unleashes a primal roar and strikes with all his might. The Banshee shrieks, her form dissipating into a swirling mist. For a brief moment, Nodril believes he has triumphed, but his victory is short-lived. The mist coalesces once more, and Vildara reforms with renewed malevolence, her eyes gleaming with another worldly light. <laughs> you cannot escape your fate, dwarf. Axholm will be your tomb. Not that undeterred meets Vildara's gaze with a defiant glare. You may take this fortress, but the spirit of Axholm will endure. We are forged in stone, and our legacy transcends the mortal realm. Axholm's honor will endure, even in my death. The battle rages on. A clash between the living and the undead in the heart of this forsaken fortress. Ghouls driven on by Vildara's spite press on with their assault, overwhelming Nottril's steadfast defense. The Banshee's power proves to be too great. With a chilling wail, Vildara unleashes a surge of ethereal force that sends Nottril to his knees. The ghouls close in, their claws tearing at his armor as the Guillaume succumbs to the inexorable tide. Nodril's final thoughts were with Axon, the fortress that had stood as a beacon of dwarven pride. This grand hall, now stained with the blood of its dwarven hero, falls silent before Vildara's laughter lingers in the air, a cruel symphony that celebrates the fall of Axon's last defender. As Nodril's steel braid falls to the cold stone floor, the Banshee's vengeful spirit envelops him. The ghouls that had once been his kin gather around, their vacant eyes fixated on their fallen champion as they claim their Guillaume as one of their own. And so in the following eerie silence, Vildara hovers over the body of Nautilus Stillbraid. The air resonates with a palpable tension, as ethereal wisps that surround Vildara begin to intertwine with the very essence of the fallen champion. Her eyes bare into Nautilus's lifeless form, her hands mirroring the darkness she wields as she traces intricate patterns in the air above him. The atmosphere crackles with an unholy energy as Vildara chants incantations that seem to defy the natural order. And as the Banshee's ritual reaches its zenith, the air itself seems to recoil. The fallen hero's body twitches with an otherworldly animation. A ghastly aura has enveloped Nottu. The once still form now convulses with an unholy vigor. The scent of death and decay wafts through the Grand Hall, 
as if the very air has become tainted with the evil forces at play. The torches that lined the walls flicker in response to the dark energy that now pulses through Axon. The risen Nottrill now stands there, his vacant eyes gleaming with an unnatural fervour. This grand throne room, once a bastion of dwarven pride, is bearing witness to the ghoul that had once been in Skiomasvrava. The ethereal wisps that linger around Vildara's hands seem to weave a spectral tether, binding Nottrill's undead spirits to her will. Vildara's wail echoes throughout this hall, observing the risen ghoul with a twisted satisfaction, her form undulated with the dark energy she has harnessed, and an evil laughter, a chilling symphony that echoes through the stone-carved chamber as it escapes her ethereal lips. The atmosphere within this hall shifts, the air thick with the stench of death seems to pulse with the dark energy. The torchlight that remains casts a ghastly glow upon Nautilus' gaunt form, his once stalwart demeanor now twisted by the curse. Vildara fixes her eyes on her ghoul champion and revels in the corrupted victory she has achieved. Axum is now but a haunted tomb as it stands silent and forsaken. The dwarven kin, unaware of the tragedy that has befallen the Giyomasvrada, continue their journey through the mountain pass. The tale of Vildara's treachery and the malevolence that consumed Axum would become a somber legend, whispered among the dwarven clans for generations to come. A reminder of the darkness that can linger, even within the proudest halls of stone. But the tale of Nottedal Steelbraid's heroic last stand would be remembered through the tales of Dwarven legend, a tragic ode to the indomitable spirit that endured, even in the face of inevitable defeat. And that's where we're going to call it a session. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode, being something a little different. Unfortunately, we had eaten up all of our cushion. You know, we had started initially with a number of pre-recorded episodes and we've been recording regularly, so as not to say weekly, you know, life happens and sometimes we, we can't get together to record. And over the, the last few months, we'd unfortunately eaten up all the cushion we had. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Al had failed his constitution saves and was feeling unwell. And so we were unable to record a normal session this week. We know we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger with Shrew's plan. Trust me, no one is suffering more to know the outcome of that than Big Al himself. But we didn't want to leave you a whole week with no episode. So I decided to write some, you know, backstory to the Banshee that perhaps Shrew may or may not face off. He certainly caught a glimpse of her, as has Fabian. And as you know from previous episodes, Shrew has already faced off against the ghoulish Gilamasvrada. And if you can't wait another week to get some more of Into the Dungeon, please make sure to head on over to www.i2td.com and follow the links there to our Buy Me A Coffee page. By signing up for one of our membership tiers, you can get access to bite-sized little podcast episodes where we usually reflect on the week that's gone by and on the session that we've just played. There you can also find our shop where for a one-off donation you can purchase a magical item or some potions which will appear in the game. And this is your opportunity to be a part of the stories we tell and the adventures we play. If you can't donate or don't want to but still want to help the podcast, you can certainly do so by liking, sharing, subscribing, leaving us a rating on your podcast player of choice, you know, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc. All that really does help us to, to grow as a podcast and we really appreciate it. This now brings us on to the last one standing, the end of the episode club, where we give you a password for you stalwart listeners who have made it all the way to the very end to use in a comment, either on Discord or on Twitter or X as it's called now, Instagram, YouTube, etc. 
make us laugh, make us cry, make us feel something. You know the drill by now, this is episode 63. And now before we give you the password for this week, usually Big Al reveals this week's winner. But alas, he's not here with me, so I will have to take that pleasure from him. This week was a little hard, I think, for our usual competitors. And the password was was a sitting duck. This week's winner is Velry. But congratulations on becoming the Guillaume again. All hail Guillaume And her use of the password was was cleverly used in the midst of a conversation on our Discord between Germs, Alan and Velry, where they were discussing on our text-to-play adventure, which is being run by Matt from Matty's Nerdy Nation. And the conversation went as follows. Germs said, maybe Heracles can give her a workout regime. And Valery answered, does doing squats while bending down to pick up cheese count? Valery's character is a little mouse, so that's why she would be bending down to pick up cheese. Alan replied with, for me, yes, but not for Heracles, because Heracles is a gnome, so he wouldn't have to bend down very far. And then Valery replied with, is that a sitting duck routine? So congratulations to Valery on being this week's Guido Masrada. This week's password is moaning. You know, like the moan or the wail of a banshee. I'm really looking forward to seeing what sort of comments you guys come up with and clever uses of your password. Suspect it's going to be one full of giggles on our Discord. So yeah, be sure to join in the fun. The link to our Discord page is also on our website. Just as a reminder, it's www.i2td.com. Why don't you come and join us there and compete with our regulars for the esteemed title of the Guido Masrada. Don't worry, you won't befall the same fate as Notril. And so, without further ado, I bid you all farewell and hope you join us next week, where hopefully I will be joined once again by Big Al as we delve into the dungeon. <laughs>